every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. All right, all right. We're live. Pierre, you can hear me? I can hear you, and I can't believe, like, everything went on went on without a hitch today. Like, we, this is awesome. So far. So far, so good. Yeah. Um, I might have pressed go live a little bit earlier because I wanted to, again, go over what we were going to talk about today to make sure we're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I pressed live, and that was it. We were go time. We gave our fans a behind-the-scenes look at how we prepare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit of scatterness. Yeah, it happens, and it happens often with us. But, um, okay, we're going to get right into it. Um, there's a couple things that I thought were noteworthy of bringing up. Um, today is a Jays episode. This is a Blue Jays episode. Did I put that in the title of the test video? No, it's something that we'll figure out afterwards. But I see you got your Jays gear on. Edwin Encarnacion. Nice. I had my Pilar jersey on, and then I was like, eh, I can hardly do it up. So I'm probably not going to do that in front of the camera. Um, obviously, it's an exciting time for the Jays. Uh, before we get into the Jays, because we do have a guest with us today, our uh, resident baseball expert, and you'll know who it is shortly. Um, do you have anything you'd like to touch on before we get into that? Cause there's a few, there's a, there's a few hot topics right now in sports. Um, and I, I know we kind of, I don't know if you want to say we shy away from bringing some of that stuff up, but I think it's also very important to acknowledge, um, you know, with the recent, uh, shooting police shooting, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of talk about uh, protesting. So there's uh, within the NBA, especially protests from the Raptors and the Celtics from the Bucks today on whether or not they're actually going to play a playoff game uh, in protest. I know the Detroit Lions, uh, you know, did not practice the other day. Um, I think other teams may have followed suit as well, but uh, that seems to be, well, that seems to be, that is a hot topic right now. Um, and I just wanted to know if maybe you had any, any thoughts on that without getting into too much stuff. I don't want to make it all about that right now, but uh, I haven't asked you about it. So, well, the Milwaukee Bucks situation is literally within the last half hour. They were scheduled to play at five. I'd have to check the time. It was a late, late afternoon game. That looks delicious by the way. Um, so, uh, basically they didn't show up. They didn't show up for warmups. Orlando, I don't know if Orlando was aware because they did warm up. And when they realized that Milwaukee wasn't coming on the court, and I think discussion had already uh, been taking place that uh, they may not play the game. So I don't think Orlando was uh, overly surprised, but they did come out on the court to warm up, waited for Milwaukee to come out, didn't see that they they were coming out, and uh, left the court themselves. What does that mean for the the game? The NBA has to pipe in. There's there's rules and regulations. I can't see Adam Silver, who's been a huge proponent of Black Lives Matter and and the movement, um, defaulting a win for Orlando. I just I, I just don't I just don't see that happening. In lieu of all the what has happened recently in Wisconsin, which is where Milwaukee plays, um, I just I I've, it would be such a bad look if right. the Orlando Magic took a game and and brought the series to three to two in this particular manner. So. I think that would uh, also suspect- have led to or would lead to an overall protest from every player and every team in the NBA, I think, um, oh. of just not playing. Oh, no doubt. Oh, totally. And uh, so I think this we'll see this sort of uh, the game will be rescheduled. I mean, I, I, I don't know where they're, where they're going to go with this. Like, if you heard Do- Doc Rivers last night and you heard Giannis uh, and Tetacumpo when he was giving his uh, Defensive Player of the Year award speech last night, uh, with his teammates behind him, I mean, there were they were he was visibly shaken. And again, like, do they know the young man who was shot? No, but he represents an entire community who, uh, unfortunately, are are treated differently when it comes to criminal activity and when it comes to punishment. When it comes to dealing with police, I mean, to say that they're dealt on the same level as white people is just the the, the stats don't show that. 
And uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. And if I can give, I'm going to, I want to make a really bold statement here, just based on where I live. I live in downtown Hull. Pros and cons. Pros, convenient, super diverse neighborhood. I mean, I've got a retired diplomat next door to me. I got a retired artist two doors down, like really cool neighborhood. Uh, close to everything, easy access, affordable. Cons, a lot of foot traffic, different socioeconomic levels, uh, incomes all around this neighborhood. What we see on CTV whenever there's a crime in Ottawa, whenever there's a crime uh, in the Utaway, anywhere really, generally speaking, we see somebody, a, a visible minority who's, who's wanted or a suspect in, in a video cam, generally speaking. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have the exception, or I mean, it, it, everybody commits crime, but generally what we see on CTV when, when it's reported, I mean, that's what we see. And, and it's, that's not the case always. And if I were to say, just from the eye test of where I live, okay, just the eye test, I'm not making a blanket statement. I'm just telling you what I've witnessed in my 15 years in this location is most of the trouble that's happened on my street over the course of the last 15 years or in my neighborhood from what I've seen like what I've actually witnessed, not what I've read, but what I've actually seen with my own eyes, have been white people. So, uh, and again, I'm not making a blanket statement that, hey, all white people in Hull are, are criminals, but that's what I've witnessed. And I've also witnessed police deal with them differently than when they've dealt with the visible minority. So, I mean, I've witnessed it. I mean, I've experienced it. I've called police on an incident that I saw up the street. When the police came, they questioned me. Because I was English and I'm visible minority. I'm like, no, those are the guys. I'm the one who made the call. Morons. So, yeah. and I'm just, I'm just one guy. So I can imagine what everyone's going through in the, in the States. And that's, I mean, I've probably gone on a way, way longer than I actually wanted to on this topic. But again, I'm not making any blanket statements. This is just the eye test, what I've witnessed in my own community. So do I feel like there's one, one uh, race that causes more trouble than the other? Absolutely not. It's, it's widespread, and it's, it's anybody and anybody who wants to commit a crime, they're going to do it, whether they're black, white, red, whatever. So um, anyways, all that to say, you know, it's a sad day right now that the NBA is having to do this and sports are having to actually boycott games. And if, for guys like you and me who are f- sports fanatics, kind of sucks. It sucks outside of the sports world, period. So this is, again, this, is, this transcends sports. It's, it's bigger than sports. Um, you know, but we, anyway, I, I don't want it to, I don't want to make it all about, uh, the race right now. Cause we do have a Jays program we want to do, you know, ultimately we had, a you know, the bitch ass white boy that comment that was made in the NBA and we had, you know, a, a discussion on our uh, Facebook page and, um, you know, it, it's, uh, there's different points of view all over the place. I think, you know, I get it that people are calling the the league a hypocrite, a hypocritical league because you know they're making a big thing about um, you know slander against blacks. Uh, but then if it's a if it's a comment against whites, it's not as strict. And I have my own feelings on that. I mean, you know, being called white has never been taken in, in a negative connotation ever in history. And, uh, you know, I think there's, there's a disconnect there for people who see it as being the same, as, be, as being a, a slandering comment, calling somebody a white boy versus a black boy or whatever. There's, there's differences there that are, um, you know, historically deeper. And I'm disappointed with some where they, they, they feel like it's it's not and it should be treated the same. And I just feel like they're missing the point completely. Again, I don't want to get into a lot of it, but that was something that was brought up on our page. And I had some back and forth and some discussions with people. And uh, those are my feelings anyway. And, and again, yep. I went to school in the States. I have a lot of really good friends who are African-American, who are American. And, you know, there is a difference between a Canadian and American, African-American. Uh, black person who lives in the states versus in Canada, uh, and how they're treated and how the uh, how it goes. But that's not to say that Canada has you know doesn't have their own problems. Um, our guest actually brought up a good point in terms of the protests with the NBA. When you start protesting games, 
what is what is it going to take for you to get back on the court? You know what I mean? So like you can protest it, but is there something now where you're saying, look, we're going to protest until this happens? And what is this? Is it just a protest to say, you know what, like this is bigger than the sports and we're big, we understand that it's bigger than the sports, so we're just not going to play in a playoff game, which is unheard of. Um, or is it a, a protest until something changes, in which case how do we know or what is that change that has to happen for them to get back on the court? No, I think personally, I think they're statements. I think they're, okay. they're not going to be long-term situations. They're going to, it's a statement. And if it continues, they'll make another statement, a bigger, bolder statement. So uh, I think it's just fa- step two, you know, step one was the, uh, the jerseys and the, uh, the, the logos and insignia on the court and the mess, getting the message out. This is step two. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even want to think about what step three would be, but uh, I know personally, and I, you know, oftentimes I talk about the UC and I, I, I don't want to ever talk on your behalf, but I feel like you and I have the same sort of moral, ethical uh, vision of the world. So, but I, I do want to say that I support the movement. I support um, 100%. people not losing their lives. Even if they have a history, they don't deserve to die. You know, no, you know, if, if someone pulls a gun on a police officer, it's a different situation. But like these guys are trained to take people down uh, without using. Uh, deadly force they're like they're trained for that so a guy runs away you're you're trained to chase him and catch him or whatever you have to do but you're not trained to to put your knee on his neck until he stops breathing and you're not certainly not trained to shoot shoot him seven times in the back uh when he's trying to get into his vehicle uh with his kids in the back and his wife yelling on the other other side of the vehicle like i mean these i feel stupid even saying that like it's common sense so but the issue they're protesting are the you know the the lack of punishment for these police officers like the Breonna Taylor situation. Those guys haven't been punished yet. They went out they went in and killed somebody innocent, somebody innocent who was mm. sleeping. So like I think that's where the that's where the issue lays here. And that's you know anyway. All that to say, uh, I, I support the movement. And if people who are don't understand the movement and are more like along the lines of the all lives matter, I, I just I just don't think now's the time to play that card even if it's what you really feel in your heart have a little sympathy for a community that's that's right now up in chaos what we're seeing right now in, in south of the borders it's just chaos it's chaos so yeah you know i hope it gets better <clears throat> and it's you know for those people it's when they make that argument of all lives matter or you know bitch ass white boy is the same as being called a, a black slander, the n-word um that kind of is solidifying the whole white privilege thing in my eyes. Uh, you know, you're a, you know, a straight white male likely, um, who says that I just don't see that from anybody else who's been, uh, in a, in a minority group. Uh, um, anyway, again, Mm -hmm. to go on this case. So happier news. Okay. To a point. Um, the Washington football team has hired the first African-American president in NFL history with uh, the hire of Jason Wright. So, you know, I know he's a former player, uh, you know, left uh, playing professional football and went and got, you know, extended his degrees and got into that kind of realm. And he's finally um, broken a barrier that's been standing for a long time. So that's a positive in the right direction. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that the Washington football team, lack of a better name, um, is doing That's what that they're kind called. of stuff. I know, I know. I thought there's still rumors <laughs> that there might be another thing coming up, but um, I think they're committed to the football team name for this season. I think. Oh yeah, they're committed to the most general team name that you can possibly get. <laughs> I kind of like the uh, I kind of like the number on the helmet, though. Have you seen them with that? Like, I, it doesn't look bad. I just. You know, th- attach a name to it. I like Red Wolves. You've seen some of them, bro- the mock ups. Some of those, yeah. It was very, yeah. had a Game of Thrones sort of feel to it. While we're on the topic of Washington, uh, <clears throat> yes, they hired Jason Wright. Yes, I think they're bringing in the right people with Ron Rivera and that crew. And I, I really like what they're doing there. Uh, happy, happy story with Alex Smith, uh, you know, getting himself off the physically unable to perform list, although his leg looks like a big piece of mashed meat. Um, apparently, he's practicing on it. I don't know how. Um, but unfortunately, uh, some more crappy news out of Washington. The owner and uh, some of his ex-employees are officially been accused of sexual harassment and misconduct. So there's an official 
uh, case against them now. That the owner, that's uh, what's his name, Schneider. Um, Schneider. So he's going to be in some hot water. Um, the best thing that can happen with Washington football, they're all, making all the right moves right now, is for him to get the hell out of Dodge. They got to figure out a way to get him out. The NFL maybe has to step in and say, "Look, you just don't, you don't uh, uh, meet all the requirements that we have as a league in terms of value, in terms of Standards. morality." Yep, yep. I don't know. Can they do that? Uh, no, because money talks, and NFL is a, a league that supports money more so than anything else. That's the that's paramount for the NFL. Um, yeah. Also, I believe a former, I believe it's former. Uh, running back out of uh, Washington Football Club uh, and LSU, uh, Darius Ooh, Geis, yeah. has been uh, accused of uh, raping multiple women uh, while at LSU, I think. It was during that stint, but he is accused of it, which is, uh, again, not a great look and uh, not something that uh, Washington should want to be associated with. So, it's like um, Lawrence Phillips, cause same, you know, same situation with some of the crap that happened to him in college and then Rams said, screw it, we'll draft him anyways. Yeah. That didn't, that didn't end well, you know? <laughs> uh, no, rest in peace. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, hey, hey, one more thing before we go to the Blue thing. Jays, or, or, or a couple more things, but NHL has stripped the Coyotes of their first and second round picks because they violated a combine testing policy. Did you hear that? I did not. What's the combine kind of, testing policy? Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, clearly they broke the rules when testing a player or... Is this club not run by the NHL? <laughs> the Coyote? Yeah, aren't they? Are they not? They're owned and ran by the NHL. How does the NHL's <laughs> own team screw up combine testing rules that the NHL has put in place? We're going to have to look that up. Uh, Curtis, if you're watching, can you look that up? Who owns the Coyotes and uh, who screwed up? But, you know, a first and second round pick for a team that's, you know, uh, perpetually rebuilding every year that's a big deal this is the first time they've got uh were they in the second round or they just get out in the first round first round they're out. uh no they no, no they round. won the they, they won that opener or whatever yeah. and then they got destroyed in the second round so maybe if the nhl just released that maybe the nhl was waiting for them to drop their draft pick number to enough where they could say you know what we'll we'll forego this year if they had lost in the first round and won that first overall pick Maybe they don't friggin' do it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But how? Anyway, Curtis, find that out. Our fact Please. checker. Congratulations to Nick Nurse for winning Coach of the Year. Well deserved. Guys, taking his team. <laughs> right. I mean, the guy. The guy took a, a a team that lost their best player and really didn't replace them with anybody. Everyone just sort of moved up the pecking order. And they're still now the favorites to come out of the East. No offense to Milwaukee, although Milwaukee now might be supercharged to play. But um, he just came out today and said that after the Jacob Blake shooting, a couple of Raptors thought about leaving the bubble. You know, and once you leave the bubble, you're you're out for 14 days you're if you toast. come back. Yep. So, so uh, they didn't, they haven't. But just him coming out and saying that clearly, there's some discussion that some players, you know, want to make a bigger statement. So uh, that's pretty wild. Um, looks like. As Van Vliet ru- was probably on there because he had a couple of comments where, you know. Norm was, Powell as well. Yeah. Uh, Rockets and Thunder have decided to boycott their game five. That's just breaking news. Um, sorry, I was coming up. There's It's hot and heavy on my feed here. Uh, the Pacers fired Nate McMillan. I know, that, I mean, if you don't follow basketball closely, then it might not be a big deal. But he squeezed every ounce of talent he had from that team. They played against the Heat in the first round, and really the Heat, I mean, they didn't have their best player with the, the, the Montes Sabonis out. Well, how he got fired is just, there's, it's just a travesty. The NBA really needs to look into these firings because, I mean, he, he's a great coach. And the fact that the Pacers did as well as they did, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So uh, shame on you, Indiana organization, for firing a good guy in Nate McMillan who really, really did well with that team. So um, crazy stuff. Claude Julien says he'll coach next year. Um, I'm assuming he means in Montreal, but uh, good to hear that he's going to make 100% recovery. And that's all I got for my headlines, Brock. If there's anything that you need to bring up, uh, now's the time. Uh, no, there's a new order for UC Woo! hats. I got Woo! one. So he's actually you designing... Close, up, uh, your, uh, uh, close no. up your logo there? No, can't. Uh, it's not going to look like this anyway. 
We're so locked in here right now. I'm on a love seat next to our guest, so it's tight. I got the the little table I have here that has my roadcaster. I got the camera back there. I have my mic here. I literally am in a cockpit. I can't get out. If there was a fire, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but the logo, be. the logo he's making, he's taking the circle off. He's making the mic bigger and the stars nice and big, and he's going to have the our names properly. Anyway, it's going to be. Um, I like it. I think the, I like the look of it. It's going to look pretty cool. Anyway, we got a bunch of trucker hat styles that uh, uh, that we're ordering, so we'll probably have a couple of giveaways. And if anybody's looking to uh, uh, to get one of those, they can uh, hit me up, and uh, we'll have a few for sale. Love it. Um, all right, I think that is all the pre-business we need to figure out we do have a guest with us today and if for those who have listened before uh when we talk jays we generally bring this gentleman on um he has executive producer credits usually with our show and we're hoping to get uh uh get him a little bit more involved especially as we start doing these live things because uh they would be very handy but welcome to the show we have mike bignat here how's it going big mikey We got mic check one two, mic check one two. Damn it! No, it was so smooth. You jinxed us there for sure. Tap on the Is mic. He on? Oh, hold on. Mute. That's on me. Test oh. one two. There we go. There we are. We got him. I'm here. Nice, Mike. Welcome back, buddy. I uh, did ran into you a couple days ago at the Canadian Tire. What oh, were you right. buying there? Uh, I went looking for an umbrella, outdoor umbrella. You know, one of those offsetting ones that. So yep. overdo the overhang and yep. uh, no dice. Yeah, nothing. I was hoping to get one on clearance, you know, before the fall and nothing doing. Grab, yourself? Every tire's got to step up their game. They got to step up their game, man. I've been there twice for things I was looking for and they didn't have it. Here's the thing. Stop calling them crappy tire <laughs> and maybe they'll pick things up. <laughs> they got to start living up in that. Uh, did you see that Lamborghini right in front of us when we yes. were chatting? Yes. I was going wow. to lean on it like it was mine and say, oh, hey, Pap, how's it going? Hey, I uh, just got a, this is my new car. Uh, wow, beautiful. Anyways. Uh, were you wearing jorts uh, and like a mullet too? Like one of those kind of old Sorry, no? Was he? Me? Mike. Him? No. No. Oh. No? All right. <laughs> just checking. Hey, boys. The, uh, the reason we're here are the uh, the Toronto Blue Jays were up roughly, well, uh, wow, they're getting close to the halfway mark now. Mm-hmm. 28 um, games, and, I think. The Jays sit a half. Uh, they sit a half game ahead of the Baltimore Orioles for the last playoff spot. You know, some teams that we thought might push for a playoff spot aren't doing so well. When I talk about a couple teams, I'm talking about Boston Red Sox, who are ten and twenty, mm-hmm. and uh, the um, LA Angels, who I thought would step up. Uh, you know, they spent a boatload on Carlos Rendon, but they have just zero pitching, and it just goes to show you that pitching wins games because. There's some t- some of the best hitting teams in the American League are nowhere close to the playoffs. So, are we excited for the Jays? Are you excited about what you've seen so far in the first half? Before we get into the sort of player profiles, uh, so it, it's they've done uh, sort of where I thought they'd be, but where they could be is is sort of frustrating because they you, you think of the number of one run games they've lost, the number of games they've been in that they've blown leads, um, and and they could just be- against Tampa alone. Right, and they could be so much better. Boston Tampa too. is the most frustrating one to watch. They seem to be on all the time. They've played them probably the most since they came back. And they're always in a position to win, and it feels like they let it slip away. Or they do something um, to give up a lead. Like it just it seems like it's there, but for, for Tampa, it just seems like a, a hurdle they can't really get over. 100%. And it's been, that's going back, I don't know, 15 years? Ten years, um, they 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 play nightmarishly bad in the trop, uh, and then just can't seem to win a series, no matter where it is. Uh, now they split one on the weekend, um, which was you know considering how good Tampa is, it's it's uh, you got to pat yourself on the back for that, but you can't uh, dwell on it. In other words, now they're playing Boston, they're going on this uh, string against teams that are uh, the weaker teams. Uh, 500 exactly and uh those are the games you have to focus in on and say this makes or breaks our season right now uh as you say pep uh, approaching the the halfway point and these are the games you got to put yourself in a position to say uh we're going to be a playoff team get yourself over the hump now does anybody else love the 60 game schedule you know what i I don't i don't hate it i i I, somewhere in between 
one one sixty two and and sixty, I think I'd be happy. Like eight, an eighty two game season for me. Uh, you know, see some pitchers pitch a few more games. Did you say I think between one sixty two and one sixty. So one sixty one is the magic number. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. one sixty one would be great. No, uh, like eighty to hundred for me would be the perfect amount. That extra sixty two is two extra months, and it's just it goes on too long. But I think a hundred games, somewhere between eighty two to hundred games, I'd, I'd be more than happy with. And then you start your playoffs. But it is a race. It's a race, and every game matters, you know. And the game last night. If, again, before we go into who's been playing well, who hasn't, and what what the Jays have done well and what they haven't, the game last night was a, a li- kind of a microcosm of the entire season. Uh, up 6-3, you know, a, a few mental errors. I, I'm not a fan of, uh, of what's going on with Guerrero right now on the defensive end uh, of the spectrum. I think his hitting will come around when, once he gets himself in some better shape. But, um, you know, right now, what I'm seeing from him on the defensive end has not been impressive. He can't scoop up the ball on a bouncer. Um, he he let one. I mean, one just blew by him late late game last night. Devers hit a big. Uh, I think it was a three run double or triple. triple. You know, did, did was it a tough play? Yeah, but you have to ask yourself if Shaw or Telez or Smokey was playing there, does that ball get by? Does does he at least bat it down? So I don't know what what are you guys how do you guys feel about Guerrero right now in terms of his overall fitness his defense and his hitting? Uh, so defensively, yeah, at third base he's a he's a liability for sure. And and in a perfect scenario he'd be doing something else uh, first or DH uh, DHing would be the optimal thing. Uh, physically, I think he is out of shape. I think I, I, if I remember correctly, he came into spring uh, looking good. And I think as soon as uh, the season was postponed, uh, I guess he hit the buffet hard. I don't know, but he but he's definitely he he came back uh, this summer and sort of never had it. The body issue thing became a uh, a talking point at uh, the the summer training. Um, and what was your last question? There was physically defensively. And- How's he? How's his hitting? How's his defense? Like his hitting you know, definitely analyzes the game. He, he he has to at least manufacture runs, hitting where he is in the order. Either bump him down if he's not getting it done, or he's got to produce runs, sack flies, uh, drive in runs. There's been too many occasions where, like, I don't know what his average is with running in, runners in scoring position, but he's not getting it done, and that's it. Again, they're losing these one run games where that's the difference. Is is the your number three, number four, depending where he's hitting. Uh, five hitter is not driving in the guys that are on base. Yeah, and last night, uh, even within one game, he he stranded the bases loaded by hitting into a double play. <laughs> but then, you know, uh, three innings later, he hits a a, a two a two run single, you know, and a big hit that put him up six three. So even within one game, he can be frustrating to watch. But you know, again, he's just a kid. We we have to remember. I think he's only twenty one or twenty two years old. Still a young man, uh, but he really. I mean, he needs to address his body like now. Yeah. I mean, this is this is not something that you want to start trailing into your mid twenties. Um, look at Cecil Fielder could have had a lot longer a career had he taken care of his body. Am I saying Vladdy Cecil? No, but he's well. Even, he's big. He's even Bryce Fielder is another one. Uh, I remember when he became a free agent. The Jays said, "No, we're not looking at him because." Uh, here's a guy who, given his body type, you know, he's got an, another couple good years and then he'll, he'll nosedive. And yeah, uh, it, it might not have gone exactly like that, but it wasn't far off either. I think it might've been three years and then it just became, there's this huge contract with, with a guy that's underperforming uh, and, and is never healthy. Um, and just if I could just, just make one, one more, more point on it. Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Just to make one more point on his, on the, on the I want to put, kind of put the rest of the body. I don't want to, be focused on the fact that he's he's overweight because I mean we've seen overweight athletes succeed in the past but it's one of those situations where if you're yeah if your body if your body is functioning optimally you have things like you know le- fewer injuries um, you're more agile your body recovers quicker game in game out so you're ready to play the next night um, just your overall mobility and flexibility. I mean, when we talk about the best baseball players in the world, I mean, I think about Pedro Martinez. Was he a muscle-bound guy? No, he was a lean, lanky guy who could throw 150 pitches, and then th- you could throw him out two nights later and do the same thing. That I don't see that with Vladdy. I see stiff. I see rigid. I see he could barely pick up the ball on a grounder. Like that's what. This is just the eye test from a casual fan. I don't even know what it looks like in person. 
it might be, I'm sure it's a lot better in person, but what I see is a guy who's uh, limiting himself because he's got a few extra pounds. I tried to find the uh, average of the runs and scoring position, but I can't find it anywhere. I don't know where they'd find that. And speaking of law, tall and lanky and whatever, have you seen, uh, again, we're going to come right back, but the, the Cleveland Indians pitcher that you posted, yeah, you posted a clip on, on Facebook and he oh. said, look at this guy. And I thought, I thought I was watching initially when they first showed him, I thought I was watching like a high school or like a, a little league world series thing. And then he starts whipping this ball and I'm looking, I'm like, Oh, he's going against major league. This is major leagues right now. I thought it was like yeah. a 12 year old from Puerto Rico who was throwing hundred miles an hour, which was impressive enough. And now he's, this guy's in the majors. I think that was a situation too, where it was, I think it was, it wasn't, I think it may have been in his like second or third outing or maybe even his first outing. So the hitters didn't know what he had to, to, to bring and Don't he's care. got a little bit of a funky delivery or, but yeah, no, it was, it was, he did a great job, but uh, back, back to Vladdy. Uh, I mean, what, what do you think about that? Mike, the, like his body type limiting him? Uh, yeah, I, w- I would tend to agree. Yeah. You look at even some of the, uh, you know, heavier set guys that, that, uh, did have longer, better careers, uh, uh, Pudge Rodriguez and stuff like that. Those were guys that uh, uh, were more, uh, if I can say, in shape given their body type. Like uh, Rodriguez was a catcher. You know, he, he's in the he's in the crouch, uh, 160 games a year, or whatever. Uh, that's that's a guy that can take it. He's got and he had more speed, you know, than 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 uh, uh, Vladdy does. And, and th- it's it's a tough scenario given the 60 game schedule because all this does is it could be one long slump, you know, and I think it it will make it'll it'll really suit some guys if you get on a streak, uh, like a Hernandez, Teoscar Hernandez, or it'll ruin a season for a guy who can't seem to get out of a slump and string together a few games where you're like you build your confidence and you're okay. I went three for four yesterday. Let's build on that kind of thing. Uh, and if you never get on that streak, it's it, it it'll be a long season and it'll be a sixty game slump. Um, so you know he's. It takes one good game to start building some confidence, or even a good at bat. Uh, as you said, driving in the two runs yesterday on a single. Uh, you know, try and build off that, uh, especially facing Boston's weaker pitching. You know, uh, a, a series like this could could help swing things. But I think it's a season that, again, given how short it is, it could just be where it's a nightmare for a guy who just almost doesn't want to go to the diamond anymore. And I've I've had the benefit of being off work from with COVID. I use the term benefit loosely, but I've been able to watch. I think I missed one Jays game, and that one game I ended up watching on thirty Blue Jays in thirty or whatever those those replays. But I've seen most of the Jays games, at least most of the innings, anyway. And I can say this about my theory with Vladdy is that just when you think he's starting to come out of it, and you know he'll have a two for four or a three for five game. He he lays an egg the next night, and that for me is your your conditioning. Well, it's but it, and it's Personally. it's the not being able to take a pitch. Uh, he's he's too free swinging. He, there, there's a guy who should sit back, watch a guy like a, uh, a Kevin Biggio, and say, look, at, like like that guy just earned a walk or earned a good three one pitch. You know, he he worked a count in his favor, got his pitch that he wanted to hit off this particular pitcher, whoever it may be, and and, uh, and and got a got a base hit or hit the ball hard, like at least made a hard out. Because he, he's chasing too many pitches that uh, he's doing exactly what the pitcher wants. You know, he's going to bury that uh, breaking ball in the dirt and, and Vladdy's taking a huge cut and coming up nowhere near it. You know, so, then, he, then, you he's, know then he's down in the count and now you're, now it's the, the pitcher's advantage where he's saying, okay, what can I throw him now? Biggio has like the best average in the majors of not swinging to balls that are not strikes. Yeah. Does that make sense? Very disciplined. Yeah. Uh, Not swinging at balls. Yep. Yeah. And he, there's a guy who, I think he, he goes up to bat with a game plan. Uh, like, like a Bo Bichette has all the skill in the world and he'll, he'll be an all-star. He'll do well, all that. Uh, I, I think Kevin Biggio, I think he's like a fifth round pick. Uh, there's a guy who has to work at it. And, and I think he works at it day in, day out, both, both uh, the hitting and the fielding. Um, but th- there's a guy that you just sit back and you sort of like his dad, like plays hard every, every play, every at bat, every pitch he's, he's got a game plan. He's executing. Um, and, and remember, I think it was last year we talked about, uh, you know, don't let these guys play a shift on you. Uh, and he hasn't, he, he started bunting. He started going the opposite way, uh, to, you know, th- now they're trying four outfielders against them, uh, you know, be, be, because he hits so well. But um, he learns, and he learns. He learns. He adapts fairly quickly. 
he takes coaching. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, we're not going to see him not stretch out a rundown play to let somebody else score because he already, he basically took the heat for that. Right. And yep. I'm sure he's a guy who will learn. It's not going to be multiple times that they're going to have to tell him how to do things. And how often do you, do you see a clip of him on the bench where he's in someone's ear, like just talking to them about, hey, what, what's this guy throwing? Or uh, what did you see from him your first at bat? So on and so on. And, and as a leadoff hitter, he to me, uh, okay, he doesn't have the, uh, the, the first-class speed that, that you know, he's going he's gonna to steal a bunch of bases, but he's going to see, I'd say, at least, what, four or five pitches in an at bat which is, you know, gives everyone the information. Okay, what's this guy throwing? Where is he throwing to? Um, he's going he's gonna to work the count. He's going to try and get on. His, his, I think he's got 20-some walks already in the season. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's sort of that perfect on-base guy. Has he he's already got, stolen and not, like, isn't he stolen like 17 for 17 or 19 for 19 since he came in the league? Oh, it, yeah, he's, he's money. Like, he, yeah, guys, he has a 500 on-base percentage. Yeah. He's a, he leads the league in on base percentage. He's played every game. Exactly. Like it's in, what he's doing is incredible. And I I brought him up last year as a guy that who I who I thought had the potential. I still think it's going to be Big Bo, mm-hmm. but I thought Biggio has the potential to be the the most complete player out of all those guys. But Bo Bichette was on fire before he got hurt. He was I mean specifically home runs. He was just hitting the ball wherever he wanted, anytime he wanted, and he was free swinging. Yeah. I, I just want to have one final comment on Guerrero before we move on to the outfield. Is another fat but, thing? No. Give the kid a no, break. No. Well, that's what I'm at. That's Give the kid what I want donut. to ask you guys. I want to ask you guys don't, this. I guess. There's two trains of thought. The I don't think anybody really knows how the coaches are handling him. Do they uh, on there's one theory that suggests that they they have him in handcuffs and they're like they're telling him what to do too much. Like uh, he gets to the plate and he he looks over he's and he sees a sign and he's it. he's He's meant to hit. Uh, they're telling him to hit left. Like, or do you say, "Is he a wild horse?" And you just say, "Swing away," and you do you. But, but either way, like, there's things you can do to mitigate what what's happening. So if you're gonna say, "Hey, he's a free swinger," let him go up there and have his rips. You bump him down in the order, and you say, "Look, you're not getting it done right now. We'll move you up when you get hot." Uh, you know, and and just say it's just because you're not producing. Uh, if if you're gonna say, uh, "Let's rein him in." Then rein him in. Then then say you know take till first strike. Uh, I you know what I mean. Uh, crowd the plate. Move up. Do whatever you got to do to to change your approach. Because as it is now, you're not getting it done. So then you, you you would customize like okay for this guy. Here's let's watch some tape. Here's how you're going to approach it. But it seems it's the same thing every time. No matter who's pitching, uh, starter, reliever, what team they're facing, the scenario even. You know if there's guys on base, he's he's going up still hacking. Uh, so so. It, it, do something like either either bump him down if, if you're going to give him free reign and say go for it or make adjustments are you asking what we think they're doing or yes yes because they think they buck martinez be thinks they have him uh on, you know wearing kid gloves buck martinez thinks that they're doing the opposite they're they're not letting him free swing I, that i don't know about i i would say what they're doing is being overly patient with them they're saying uh you know Pretty much what you said. Hey, he's a young guy. Let's let's take it easy, and no one uh, cut him up. You know, he, he's we're asking him to play different positions, and and that's going to be an adjustment. It might take its toll on 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 his average, but at the same time, and there was a few games where he was hitting well, uh, but it just never never carried on. But but I would I would do one or the other. Either say, hey, we're bumping you down. We just we need uh, those. We need someone with a higher average to knock in some runs here. You know, especially when you got a guy like Bijou who's getting on 50% of the time. Uh, Bichette, you know, he's regularly on hitting extra base hits. So if he's on second base, we need that run in. Um, and and uh, Or, again, uh, give, him, give him an approach. And if that's what it is, uh, again, I'm, I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing, oh, you know, he, he took too many pitches that time or, or tried to or anything like that. Not, it's not indecisiveness. <laughs> And he looks like he's swinging for the fences every time he goes up there, and I think that uh, I think you know he we're lo- he's so strong that he can get a, a you know a, like yesterday a single for a two run single. But you know if we look at his numbers, he's not he's not bad. Like uh, for the average major leaguer, I mean he's he's just a shade under two fifty. Mm-hmm. I think he's got about four or five home runs and uh, you know a handful of uh, Is that a couple his dozen average? RBI. A shade under two fifty or his weight? <laughs> hey, I thought we were going we weren't going there anymore. I'm- <laughs> Part of me, I wonder, like, if he starts hitting more, 
more consistently will he actually drop weight because he'll be running around the bases a bit more where now he's not. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't know. It's a good point. I don't uh, think well, his weight, to be honest, I'm going to, I'll speak. I don't think his weight, like you're either an athlete or you're not and you kind of handle it. I don't know if, if his issues scream to me that weight loss is going to fix that. I agree. I, to me, he's always been a heavier set guy. <clears throat> Maybe not as heavy as he is now, but uh, it's uh, something I think he uses to his advantage. What he, you know, he's a power hitter who he, he has that uh, uh, not a big stride, but a, but a but a heavy step. He's putting the weight uh, uh, into the ball. He it, has a weight, good weight shift. Exactly. Good, yeah, his yeah. hips move. Yeah, but. my argument is to that is it's not so much the performance; it's the recovery. It's the can you withstand uh, if uh, when it, when they do go to a hundred games because they will they will not do keep sixty games. Can he withstand a whole season? And we'll, you know, only time will tell. So, um, Bo Bichette, up until the time he got hurt, was probably the best player in the majors. And I know there's been some guys. Fernando Tatis out in San Diego looks mm. like he's Superman, uh, but Bo Bichette was right up there in terms of every statistical category and playing a hell of a shortstop. On top of that, you know, he we have to we were forget that he's moved. He was a second base in, in uh, the minors, and now he's he's been asked to play. The hot, you know that that's a that's a tough position to transition to as a young guy. I mean, so he has been as advertised in every department. Uh, when he comes back, where do you see him slotting in? Is he still going to hit two, or can can they drop into three or four? Should they keep that Biggio Bichette right at the top of the order, get things rolling? You know, they have Guriel and they have some other guys uh, who can slug homers, but I mean, Bichette can hit homers with the best of them. Yeah, to to me, he's your number two because uh, uh, the slugging percentage, and he can uh, take a pitch uh, if 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 Biggio is gonna gonna steal a base or two. Um, and then uh, you've got, uh, in my opinion, uh, Grichuk hitting third. Um, but to, but to me, he he's a guy you want to have more at bats. Uh, you want him up there as as much as you can. Uh, but again, given given Biggio's uh, you know sort of uh, tendency to get on base, I'd leave him in the uh, in the leadoff role. Grichuk has been probably the most pleasant surprise for me, uh, considering he can go a, a month without getting a hit, let alone a home run. Uh, I think this 60-game season, even if he does end up slumping, which he eventually will because just looking at his track his track record, he, he goes through prolonged slumps like most players do, but his are pretty ugly. But we may not see one in a 60-game season. There may not be enough time for him to get into a slump. So this is where a 60-game season can really benefit a guy like Grichuk. But, man, he's been hitting the cover off the ball. Your thoughts on Grichuk's here so far? Uh, well, it's, it's funny because you look at the swing from Baltimore where he – now, no one can keep that pace up, but he was, he was on fire. Uh, you know, he would have been showing up at the diamond, you know, six hours early, so excited to play. Uh, and then playing in Tampa and he, he did end up getting that, uh, I think it was a two or three run homer, uh, in the, in the final game. But, uh, prior to that, you know, had, had done very little and, uh, he's really a guy that like, again, in Baltimore, they, they, they did so well. And now I know Baltimore, uh, 500 team, but, and, and, and Tampa, you know, leading the uh, division. But but to me, there's a guy that is the catalyst. He, he's a guy that can he, he's a guy that can get you wins when he's hitting and, and won't when, you, you know, you'll lose games when he's not. Um, so he, he's a key piece to um, what they're doing. And that's regardless of, of how um, Bichette is hitting. And, uh, you know, that, that's assuming they're going to do the status quo. If, if Bichette's going to continue hitting, Bichette's going to continue getting on. And... Uh, and Vladdy's going to continue, you know, at, at the rate he's at. Um, but you need a guy like uh, like a Gridchuk to to set the table, to knock runs in, um, and uh, you know, he comes up in a lot of important situations. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, hot and cold, but I'd say consistent. I think he's played pretty well. I think he's played for. I think he, the expectations of him, he sort of met them. Uh, you know, he's starting to come on recently with uh, with showing up, showing some pop. He's played a decent field. He's not a he, by no means is he going to be a gold glover. He doesn't read the ball well, but he's got a good arm. Great, he arm. makes the routine plays, and uh, his bat has shown up. So re I'm really happy with Guriel. Uh, in a few words, what do you think about his play? 
I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there. He's uh, a cannon of an arm, uh, which he showed yeah. off a couple times uh, recently. But, uh, yeah, he, he's a guy that, you know, you expect him to contribute regularly um, and, and not be a liability in the field. And I think that's exactly what he's done. And, mm-hmm. you know, kudos to him because, you know, he's coming off a, an injury. Didn't, and, of course, they didn't really have much of a preseason. So, uh, good for him. T. Oscar Hernandez, early on in the season, I was all over this guy for not for, not because of his bat, although he was striking out a lot, which he usually does. It was more for his defense. But let's I'll focus on the positives here. He uh, has the most home runs in the American League. Really? Um, tied, I think. That's, right? Tied for first? Tied for first. Yeah. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. for for a guy, he's, he's a free swinger. Mm-hmm. He's hit or miss. He's got a decent batting average. Uh, I, I like the fact that he w- got got on himself for making an error the other day. You know, showing some emotion and it shows that he cares because he's got a sort of a lackadaisical look to him, right? Like he's always smiling and yeah. all the sunflower seeds and all that stuff. And so, what did he do to get? Fun- what did he do to get on himself? Uh, he, uh, I, I think this particular one was a. A sort of a basic uh, a base hit, a single, and it kind of went under his glove and went back to the wall. That was the night, the day after he had made a really bad error. Um, so he, I think that particular move or that particular error, he really he to, he went to the dugout, he slammed his glove down, didn't really talk to anybody. You know, it's the first time anyone's seen emotion from him, and the, and the commentators had mentioned it. You know, Dan Shulman had mentioned, hey, it's, it's nice to see some, some emotion. He's cl- clearly upset about it. It cost his team a run if not i think it was the game if i'm not mistaken so good to see him improving but his the, the bad is his defense his defense is just atrocious um he he's got a good arm i'll give him that but his reads his uh the one night brock i think you were we were talking about it where he let a, a fly ball land in front of him oh I, in the he, bottom he, uh top of the 7th yeah, I don't think you real. It was a, it was a seven. Uh, it wasn't a seven seven inning game because it was a double header game. And he uh, or it was a makeup from the day before, something like that. Yeah, um, maybe he didn't know the the score, the time, the hits, the whatever. He just yeah. Sort of there's had no a break urgency part. whatsoever, and they ended up yeah. scoring, and they they couldn't make it back. That cost them yep. the game. Yes, and the night the day after is when he made the error where, where he got upset with himself. So that being said, I mean it, it's 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 uh, it speaks to a huge problem with the Jays this year. Their base running has been probably the worst I've ever seen. They are terrible on the bases. And I'm not talking about the speed or because they're not, they're not a terribly fast team. I'm talking about their decisions. Like, who is coaching them up? Like, you've got Travis Shaw, who's the slowest guy in the majors, running uh, running third, rounding third, when the ball is just getting into the outfielder's glove. Like, what are you doing, Luis Rivera? It's just six, seven years of this with this guy. I mean, he's killing him. To be honest, because uh, he's been there for a long time, and there yes. were times where I was like, oh, my God, stop stopping them a third. Make them – I know they're good, they're professionals, but make them make a play to stop you from scoring. And I felt like he was holding people up way too often. So I don't mind the aggressiveness. I don't mind making that guy who's getting paid – millions of dollars to make that throw that he's supposed to make. But it's still, it's extremely hard. And the timing's got to be perfect, and the bounce has to be perfect, and the catcher's got to be There's so many things that can go wrong, but if you stop him at third, those things are, are all obsolete. doesn't matter. You take them away, and I felt like he was holding them up. So to me, I don't mind the aggressiveness. Be aggressive. Make the other team make the play to stop you because – I guess also from a a standpoint, the Jays have been for the last little while notorious for winning and dying by the home run. Mm -hmm. So either you make the home run, but generating a run and saying, we got a guy on third, let's do whatever we got to do to get him in. is not necessarily their strong suit. So move them, run them, make them beat us that way. And I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, It's all situational though. You, you, yeah, you know, you, you, with the bottom of their order, you got uh, Jansen and um, Espinal now for um, for Bo Bichette. You know these are two guys hitting sub two hundred. So if, if if you get your your number seven to 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 get a hit that uh, you know, and you got a guy going second to home or, or first to home, you might try and score him because odds of those two guys you know cashing a run in not very likely. Um, and and as you say, they they do live by the home run. Uh, 
um, you know, in a, in a, to, to this, to the point that it's sad, um, that they just can't manufacture runs. So, it, it, you know, but you wouldn't do it with a, uh, with a Bichette coming up or, uh, even a Biggio. Um, and, uh, you know, but again, I, I, I do agree that there are tons of mistakes that, that are, that cost them big and that are questionable, uh, on the bases. And you're, you're looking around saying, what, what are they doing? Like this is, what are they doing? Like, yeah. You know, it's like, it's like they've never, or, or hadn't, haven't come up and played baseball in the, in the, in the minors, uh, to get them there. So yeah, there's, there's frustrations for sure. And is it part of being a young team? I, I wouldn't have thought so, uh, not to the degree that we're seeing, but the, the whole, the entire team is young. So, uh, but again, you would expect that there's some adjustments made and, uh, as you said, Pep, some, someone's being talked to and said, Hey, don't do that anymore. And, or, you know, or yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's just base running. I haven't even talked about the defense, the base running itself. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not just singling out or spotlighting Luis Rivera, who I think is, hasn't been very good for five years and Brock, you're right. Uh, you know, I, I like the aggression, but it's, it's situational. It's all situational. Like you've got nobody out. Why push them? You got nobody out. I don't care who's coming up. If there's nobody out, you, you, you drop a okay. bunt or you squeeze yeah. play or whatever. Nobody but, out. I agree. That's fine. You know, but th- again, things like that. Like, speaking, I've seen them not run people where I'm just, you know, I, again, we're giving too much credit to the, the other team and their outfielders and what they can do. And I just think you got to make them, you got to make them beat you. Don't beat ourselves. And that's what so one night he'll, one night he'll he'll uh, round Shaw, but he'll hold Espinal, and we're like, why? What? He, he's the fastest guy on the team, and you've held him, and then the next night he's he's telling Shaw to round the base. Like there was a couple of times last week or the week before where Shaw was out by a mile. Yeah. So I like I just don't I don't anyway I, I don't <laughs> could spend a whole podcast on Luis Rivera. Might be the first time. I think we've given Luis Rivera the most publicity he's ever gotten as a coach or a player. But um, when I talk about the, uh, not only have has base running cost them, but their defense has been, I mean, it's probably been the worst in the majors. Mm-hmm. I think by all, all uh, analysts, all uh, all experts have said the Jays' defense is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, missed and, throws, missed cutoffs. Well, there's... The error part of it, and then there's the balls they just don't get to that, that you know, a, a regular uh, major league outfielder uh, position player would get to. And it's, it's again, you, you can see pitchers sometimes turn around and they're like, that, that was a double play ball or that was a, a that was an out. You know, I, I won that battle with the hitter, the hitter, excuse me, and uh, the outfielder didn't make the play. And that is, it's backbreaking, it's frustrating because it, it's a, it's a two-way swing. You're, now you're going from, uh, nobody on and one out to a guy on second uh, and nobody out or, or a guy on first and nobody out. So it's a, it's a backbreaker, uh, when, it's a backbreaker <laughs> when the pitcher battles and those kind of things happen and, and you come up short and because now you're going from the stretch, you're looking at a whole different thing. Speaking oh, of totally. stretching. <laughs> totally. It's a great transition. Uh, I, was trying to move the cam- I was trying to move the camera over because his face is kind of cut off, so I was trying to expand it, and it doesn't gotcha. expand, so I was like, I got to get my toe on the tripod. To- anyway. <laughs> I'm enjoying the arm of the chair. Wow. Uh, uh, yes, I, I agree with all of that, and I think it's a situation where uh, uh, these guys are in the majors for a reason, and I think defense has... It's coaching. Well, I think Montoyo yeah. has to firm up and say, "Listen, you got to stand here. You got to be here. You got to be here." And this is if it, the ball goes here, you're going to here. Yep. Like it, it's uh, someone's missing a sign or what's going on out there. In a in a year where you're playing this condensed schedule, all these games in this short amount of time, th- this is when uh, your pitch count matters most. Uh, the, the number of batters you face matter most. Uh, you know, all these things have an effect. Because if you're out there for more pitches than you need to be, uh, you know, where you're giving the, the other team outs, it 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 has a domino effect. Now this guy's in longer, can't pitch tomorrow. Uh, now you're going to another guy to come in to, to, to face the lefty or, or, or do whatever to get you out of this inning that sh- isn't necessary or shouldn't be necessary if your defense comes up with a play. 
In a few words or less, how do you feel about the the, the, the battery? How do you feel about the catchers and the pitchers? Uh, well, I won't go into the pitching quite yet, but how do you feel about uh, Jansen and McGuire so far? I thought they've been played pretty well myself. But. I, I'm a big Jansen fan, but he, he, like the, he's got to come around with the bat. He's got to start getting stuff done. Uh, and I know he, he had a, a two-run single there the other day, uh, but he was thrown out at second. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I... I, I, I was so positive on him, and you know, I, I caught him a lot of slack last year because he he was uh, learning to catch a lot of different players that he never caught before, first year, full year in the pros. Um, but at some point, you you have to deliver. Um, and then, you know, it's sort of the he left the door open for um, McGuire, and and he hasn't he hasn't seized it. He hasn't come in and been lights out where where you're saying, uh, okay, it's his job to lose now, uh, or he he's won the job. Um, but one thing I'll say about uh, Reese McGuire, he he made uh, what I thought was one of the headiest plays that I've from a, a rookie that, and I've never seen anyone do this. Um, there was a runner on first, and I think he called the pitcher to uh, to throw to first, but and it was a it was a breaking ball count. So and then he pats the ground with his glove, meaning you know I want this one in the dirt, like you know make this one a nasty one, and that in I think in the base runner's mind, I'll take an extra step. You know, here, here's a guy, he's going to throw this pitch in the dirt. Who knows if it gets by the catcher, I'm going to second. Or maybe he's thinking I'm going to steal. And the pitcher throws over to first, and they got him. And to me, I've never seen anybody do that. And it was it was like, wow, one, I can't believe I haven't seen that before now that I think about it, you know. But two, <laughs> smart play. I don't know where he picked that up. But, uh, you know, and, and if that's the kind of stuff he's going to bring, then, then then I'd give him more of an opportunity. And, again, it was eye-opening for me because I – I, I was more of a Jansen guy, but um, between the two of them, if, if one of them can can seize that position and say, no, I'm the guy, give me more innings. Um, but I, I, I think it'll primarily be a split the, the majority of the season. Yeah, and I don't see Caleb Joseph factoring in at all. Uh, he's their third catcher. Uh, he's a veteran that they brought in for depth. But um, I do see, if and again, this is a little bit of pressure on them now. They got to perform. I think now that they had a, a fourth option, uh, who probably won't see the field this year, but Alejandro Kirk is a hitting machine, and he's down, he's in the minors, which mm-hmm. there are no minors this year. But he's he's a player on their radar. Um, again, little he- little heavier guy, slower, mm-hmm. uh, defensively av- uh, scored below average, but uh, but can hit the ball everywhere. He was on fire before the shutdown. Yep. Yeah. He, so uh, uh, everyone was positive on him in uh, in spring training. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I look forward to seeing him uh, maybe take a step up next year. We'll see what, uh, what happens with uh, if there is a next year anyways. But, um, I so, like how the first thing you say about the guy is a heavier guy. Heavier guy. Well, you know, speed-wise anyway. Yeah, exactly. Give a mental picture. Catchers guy. are generally not uh, not the fastest guys. It'd be, but, nice, to, it'd be uh, nice to get a catcher to replace, uh, you know, the consistency of a Russell Martin. Like that's secu- that, you know, he was like a sure. safety net back there. He when was, he was catching. It was nice Russell's, to have. Russell's last two years were awful. Like mm-hmm. he, he I wasn't a great, great catcher, and he was, I mean, he, you know, he only hit two hundred his last year there. So I mean, you know, it was time for a young guy to step up. But we've talked about practically the entire uh, defense, except third base. Have they just have they made a decision with third and first? Are they going to stick with Vladdy at first and platoon him with guys like Telez and Vogelback, who they picked up from Seattle for cash considerations? Heavier a guy, guy. who had thirty home runs, mm-hmm. all star last year. Uh, I, you know, it's going to be that thing of uh, find the best uh, nine you can suit up, and uh, I, as silly as it is, I think that's Vladdy at third just to get. Uh, to Les and the possibility of uh, Vogel back in the game. So, uh, it, it you know, as much as we're talking about defensive woes, it, it might may only continue based on that, at least at third base. Has Vladdy played third this year yet? Uh, no, they, no, they I, went no, ahead. He hasn't, eh? But I know he was taking ground balls over the weekend and stuff. So, it's, you know, sort of that once Vogel back gets settled, I guess it's a matter of time. Because Shaw hasn't seized that opportunity, he hasn't. He made, he's made a couple of plays, but they don't want. I don't think Shaw is the long term anything really for them. No, uh, he, he's a one year guy, and he he looks unmotivated. I don't think he's even happy to be in Toronto. He just kind of has a look to him. But uh, right. Drury's played well as a platoon guy. He's played. Uh, he, Jewel, Drury has a great glove. I don't think his glove was ever in question. But mm-hmm. you know, the third base is an asterisk. They they haven't figured that out. Is uh you know is Bichette going to move over there? Over there is Austin Martin going to play somewhere in the infield? Like. 
there's some questions for sure. Vogelback, let's let's uh, we curb our enthusiasm, uh, Blue Jays fans. He hit 30 homers last year, but he he only hit nine after the All Star break, and uh, I believe he was hitting .50 since the latter part of last year to now .0 wait .050. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I don't know if I haven't seen enough of him to say uh, you know pitchers have figured him out or or you know whatever, but. Uh, uh, we'll see what happens. As you say, low expectations. Uh, give, yeah. him, give him a shot. Uh, you're not losing much. Um, you know, it's not like anybody's cleaning up out there. So they didn't give up much for him, did they? No cash. cash. So uh, yeah, you know, give him a shot. And the only thing is, is with the, the again, the tightness of the schedule, uh, the, the number of games you're playing, a number of days. You, you know, every roster spot is uh, is pretty important. But but definitely, I'd 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 send him out there and see what you got. Speaking of what you got, I don't know if Pep is with us anymore. He froze a bit. Um, so the uh, the whole like dead silence and awkward silence. Are you still with us? We're gonna go. Okay, with, we're he's gonna... not there. <laughs> uh, so I was just looking at the. He's returning his Vogel back jersey. <laughs> That's what he's got in the back. Um, although everything's going now, is that possible? Because oh, yeah, I'm frozen. I think. Did our camera not even go? The hell! It's off. <laughs> this is wonderful. Are we still live? Bear with us. We're gonna go and we're gonna play some music here for a second. you, me, I blow up shop. Have a little nick the cops. Watch, I rock the party that rocks the body. You rock the party that rocks the body. I rock the party that rocks the body. You rock the party that rocks the body. All right, so that was our uh, DJ interlude. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, we are now going uh, GoPro versus the other camera. I cannot. This is a good one shot. <laughs> Close up. I cannot figure this thing out for the life of me. I need to get a plug in for these cameras. Honestly, I have no clue. It's going so well for the longest part, and then it dies. So if anybody out there knows what the <laughs> what the hell's going on, please let me know. Uh, that being said, hey, that's pre- pretty much the Jays at this point. Let's go with a, a quick, what do you think they're going to finish? How do you think they're going to finish? They're going to finish in the playoffs? They're going to finish outside the playoffs looking in? What is it? What's your prediction? I'm going to say they're going to finish in the playoffs. Uh, they're rumored on all these uh, to be in on all these pitchers. I hope they don't sell the firm. I hope they don't uh, go all in. Yeah, you're a big advocate of not making these these moves. Is it's, it not making these moves yet, or is it not making these moves? Period. It's not making these moves. Period. You, you it's a 60 game season. You lose. You know, you get two key injuries. Uh, and, and there's your season, you know, if they're gone 10 games, um, you know, and the Bo Bichette thing kind of proves me wrong on that. But, but uh, it's, it's just a, it's just a thing where I, I wouldn't do it. You get one bad streak, one bad break uh, and your season's done. So I, I would not, I, I would err on the side of caution. If you're not, you know, you're, you're, right now you're 500. If you were seven games above, sure. Start looking, but it's too, it could go one, either way right now. What if they have an option to actually make a push for the World Series, do they make that push? So you mean they 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 just start winning one after the other, starting now? Yeah, let's just say like they're they're actually trying to make a push. Like just because it's a sixty game season, does that mean they shouldn't be shouldn't be fighting for it? Shouldn't be trying to get there? Again, I think you'd know if you were the elite of the elite by now. Uh, and they they just haven't demonstrated that, all right. Specifically in closed games and stuff like that. So I I wouldn't. I think the Jays do well. I think they start to find the rhythm at some point. They haven't really seemed to have gotten that yet, in my uh, my opinion. As for the trades, I I don't. I'm not really opinionated either way. I like you know the fact that I don't want to sell a farm. I like that they've been building something since those uh, the the new GM and stuff came in. 
follow that plan. Don't deviate just because of the 60 games. But if there are moves to be made that are beneficial now and beneficial in the future, then do it. Pull and, the trigger. Don't be scared and, to do that. And that could be like there's a, there's a bunch of good quality players out there. And, uh, you know, if, if those guys are available for, and they're not asking too much, then go for it. But if, you know, and some of them are under contract for, for, uh, multiple years. So maybe you make that deal. Pep, do you want to mouth the words and I'll just look, <laughs> it look like I'm talking or you're talking? Uh, no, but, uh, it, it's something, again, I wouldn't sell the farm. Uh, I wouldn't get rid of anybody on the roster. Uh, but maybe, maybe you do make a deal if, again, if the price is right. I hear you. Uh, and you guys see Pierre. That's all you see because I don't know. Yeah. I just switch cameras and. Sorry, boys. I, uh, my internet cut out completely. Um, so I tried to log back on on the la- on the uh, using the modem, but uh, right now I'm using Wi-Fi just so I can get back uh, get back on for the last part of this. You guys are talking trades, or did you, we talk pitching? Did we talk? What did I miss? What you missed is us signing off because this episode is finished. And, uh, right. you know, especially now there's, this is perfect for a test thing because you're choppy again. So that little, uh, dongle we got and plugging in with the ethernet works wonderfully. We got to continue to do that. I still haven't figured out cameras for the life of me. We had an hour strong and then things died on us, but I want to thank Mike for coming out here to join us. Mike's got a last, uh, I can just, you know, with all the technical difficulties, but the love seat, I think worked perfectly. The love seat worked perfectly, beautifully. I got to get you a little TV tray or something yes, yeah. because your makeshift armrest is not great. But we'll we'll figure that out for next time. Good. Uh, Lakers and Blazers just canceled their game. So it looks like the NBA has canceled everything tonight. Uh, we'll see if that transpires tomorrow too with the Raptors and Celtics game one. So we'll see what happens there. And sorry for the technical difficulties. What can I say, Brock? Uh, it was, was actually the piece that I was using that mis- malfunctioned. So... I'll keep at it, and uh, we'll get this right one day. Hey, I say, we've got a longer show today without issues, and if it's an hour in and they say, you know what, that's it for that, that's fine. That's a good way of keeping us on schedule. We only got an hour. Let's make uh, make best use of it. So we're going to go out to the yep. song that most people just heard on the break because I had it loaded up anyway. Uh, it was uh, chosen because I've joined a fantasy football league that is a dynasty league. I finally got into it, so I'm taking over somebody else's team. And the choices that I have to make right now in terms of cap room, all that kind of stuff, is crazy. So I did... Uh, I started playing the uh, the black sheep, this or that, because it's all about choices. And this is where we're going out to. Choices yours. You can get with this or you can get with that.